Buonasera! My name is Marcello. I am a tour leader with Explore. Ciao! Come, follow me. Behind this 200-year-old gate is the best view of one of Rome's finest fountains. Ah, oh, bellissima! Look at the Renaissance detail, the sunlight in the bronze! Not everyone knows about Turtle Fountain, but you will if you explore. Search exploreworldwide.co.uk and don't just travel. Explore. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Hello, it's Monday the 8th of January. I'm Miranda Sawyer and we all know who the traitors are, thanks. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we grab armfuls of the UK press, tie them all up and chuck them into a lake. Then we stand back and see what floats to the top. Yep, we treat the papers like they're either pure and innocent or actual witches. <laughs> Just for fun. And you lucky people, we're out every weekday, Monday to Friday, so you can listen to us while you pretend to transcribe important work notes and then wow the boss with your up-to-the-minute news knowledge. You know it makes sense. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Mail fail, the papers are mad over the post office scandal and Rishi has finally noticed. Instagram, are social media old influencers about to beat Gen Z personalities in the battle for clout? And Boeing, Boeing, gone. <laughs> Door flies off aeroplane at 16,000 feet. There's pictures and everything. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts. I'm Miranda Sawyer and with me today is the critic, sketchwriter and self-announced war bore, it's Rob Hutton. Hey, Rob. Hello. And also with us is co-writer of the spoof Ladybird series and self-proclaimed workbook, it's Jason Hazley. Hi, Jason. Hi. <laughs> so what do we have on the front pages today? Rob, what have you got? Right. Um, so we've got the Times, mm. uh, which has got a picture of Rosamund Pike at the Golden Globes wearing, I don't even know how to describe what she's wearing, but you do, Miranda, <laughs> don't you? Well, she's wearing, I mean, I think it might be Chiapelli, but anyway, it's like a beautiful lace gown with a, a, an unusual kind of lace headdress over the top, which makes her look a little bit like a black see-through tomato on her head, which I think good. Okay, well, I think... <laughs> <laughs> so the, the main story in the Times is depression drives surge in disability benefits. Um, there's something that Rishi Sunak was talking about yesterday. And on the side, Davy has questions to answer on the post office. Mm. It turns out it's all the fault of the Lib Dems. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking, of, speaking of slightly desperate attacks on people who aren't the government, the Daily Telegraph leads with Khan bows to unions over tube strikes. And has a picture of Keir Starmer failing to save a goal with, with the, the headline, safe pair of hands, Poor question Keir. mark. Um, the Guardian has top Tory says party faces obliteration in election. Um, and actually alongside another story about the post office, um, which I think we'll be coming back to. And the mail, time to deliver on post office payouts. 
and uh, pictures of Margot Robbie and Emma Stone, but not wearing their Golden Globes dresses. I don't quite know why they've done that one. No, but they're just yeah. pretty girls on the front. Pretty girls. Pretty girls on the front. Uh, Jason, what do you have? Um, the tabloids are all fairly grim today as well. It's all quite serious. Um, the Mirror has, uh, together we must end this horror now, which is Idris Elba um, launching his Don't Stop Your Future campaign on uh, getting rid of zombie knives. The Eye has ministers urged to act as flood risk lingers for thousands. There are still 192 flood warnings out there, which is extraordinary. Mm. The Sun, Beeb won't step in. And this is a story about Giovanni Panice from Strictly, who is being accused of not being very nice. Amanda Abington says she has PTSD after their pairing. Yeah, she dropped out, didn't she, after yep. Strictly? And the star, um, proud to love animals, um, has on the front page, oh, snowballs, big freeze is on the way. <laughs> with a picture of a snowman and a dog in uh, skiing goggles, obviously. Of course. Why yes. would you not? Quite right. Because apparently today is Arctic Monday. Now, despite the main headlines, although it is the main headline in the Daily Mail, it is also on most of the front pages today the awful and very long-running story of the post office scandal. This started in 1999 when Fujitsu's Horizon computer software was brought into all post offices. This was accounting software, but it was faulty. It literally couldn't add up, and it led to hundreds of sub-postmasters and sub-postmistresses being prosecuted for fraud, theft and false accounting. Many of these people were bankrupted, sent to jail, and at least four of them took their own lives. The case has been rumbling on for ages, I mean, you know, 20 years, but has been really brought to the public's attention by last week's four-part ITV drama, Mr Bates versus the Post Office. Mr Bates, played by Toby Jones, is Alan Bates, who was one of the sub-postmasters. Rob, what is happening about the case now? Well, the weird thing is that normally when you have a big injustice exposed, there's a whole load of things that people call for, like we need to have a public inquiry. Mm. And actually, there there already is a public inquiry. And, you know, uh, we need to start a compensation scheme. And there already is a compensation three. scheme. Because <laughs> the really odd thing about this scandal is that it not only has it been going on for ages, but it's been really known about for ages. And it has been discussed in Parliament. There, There, there have been voices sort of campaigning on this and yet somehow essentially because there's been an ITV drama it's come to lots of people's minds and it's it's sort of it's gone from being an oh that's a sort of interesting thing that's that's in private eye and in the inside pages it's basically moved from the deep inside pages to the front page there's a quite nice piece in the in the Spectator by Isabel Hardman saying that that for ages this was viewed by lots of MPs as being sort of too boring and too difficult. Mm. Now, basically, now it's been on the telly. It's no longer boring and difficult. It's exciting and important. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's long news. And yeah. like long news can be quite hard for us all to understand. But when it goes into a drama, and it really is a terrible, terrible case of complete injustice, appalling, appalling situation. But because it's put into a drama and, and, and sold in a dramatic way, then everybody's like, but how could this happen? And how it could happen is it just stretched out and stretched out. Yeah, it's extraordinary. I mean, it's not the first time that uh, that a TV programme has changed people's minds about things. This this is obviously going to... Co- there's going to be changes to law and so on coming up with this. This happened with Cathy Come Home in 1966. 
Um, and uh, that's life, obviously, in the 1980s. Got seatbelts put in cars. Um, there was a fireworks documentary in 1971 that got the law changed on fireworks. So, look, the thing is, once you turn something like this, which is basically a miscarriage of justice is a very cold term, but when you turn it into human stories, when you turn it into stories, people understand it. And they'll understand here that this is a staggering case of miscarriage of justice. There are there are three and a half thousand sub-postmasters and sub-postmistresses, as they're called, terrible title, um, who are accused of uh, fiddling the numbers. And The Guardian today has this further piece about how the trial, which took place in 95 and 96, um, threw up the same problem. The, the Horizon, trial of the... The Horizon IT trial. So this mm. is Fujitsu's software, Horizon. Um, when it was being tri- tried out in 95 and 96 in the northeast of England, Two people out of the 300 who were using it said, hang on a second, we've got these massive accounting errors here in this software. And what happened? They got prosecuted. I I mean, I find this, I do find this absolutely baffling because the idea that you would ever say of any computer system, oh, it works perfectly. (laughs) It's not like the idea of a computer error is something that people just go, computer error? You know, I know, yeah, exactly. Computer so, says no. What do those words even mean? I, Listeners, has any of your computer devices <laughs> ever gone wrong? It's Is this a common thing? Um, it's The papers are kind of definitely all over this story now, but they were a little bit late to it, weren't they? I mean, it's interesting. When we were doing the research about, about this particular scandal, what you discover, it was actually Computer Weekly that broke the story in May 2009, because what had really happened was that all these Postmasters and postmistresses would say, "Oh, there's an accounting error," and and they would say, "Well, if there's an accounting error, you have to pay the money back." And they would go, "But it's twenty five grand," and then the post office would sue them. Absolutely ages. I mean, people went to prison for it, um, and it took ages for people to realise that it was the other way around. If you sort of I, mean. I, I, what what seems to have happened is that everything failed. Mm. If you see what I mean. So first of all, the yeah. computer the computer yeah. system didn't work as spec. Well. Computer systems don't work as spec. The Fujitsu people and the post office people didn't, on hearing that there was a discrepancy between the humans and the computers, think maybe the computers are wrong. So that was a failure. And upon hearing this again and again, they they carried on with that. That was a failure. The courts failed to say maybe the computers are wrong. Obviously, the government, sort of various ministers, both Labour and Conservative and Lib Dem, Wicked Ed Davy, his boo, um, <laughs> failed to to do anything about this. So there was a political failure. And actually, I think there was a bit of a journalistic... I mean, it's great. It's well done, Computer Weekly. Well done, Private Eye. Mm. But at the same time, I, I mean, the, the mail has been on this for the last seven or eight years. But this seems this is, just seems like a perfect mail or mirror story, if you see what I mean. And, and you say that the human drama is, is what captures... This is what the tabs are supposed to be great at, is... I am going to introduce you to a local pillar of the community who suddenly finds themselves serving time in prison for a computer error. And you know what? They're not the only one. I don't quite understand why, again, sort of people didn't get on this earlier and harder. 
I mean, credit credit to the Mail, who have been on it since about Yeah, and credit to Nick Wallace, who made the great post office trial for Radio 4 and was all over it on Private Eye. I think people have been trying. It's interesting today, isn't it, if we look at the papers. I mean, there's a uh, one of the stories in the Eye is one of the uh, one of the sub-postmistresses telling her story, and it's absolutely devastating from start to finish. It's, it's absolutely appalling. She, they were only in charge of a post office for two years, and her husband ended up going to, to Wandsworth Prison for something he didn't do. There's a good column by Libby Purvis in The Times, um, actually, which starts to look at, in a sense, why it why do, why does it take TV drama to 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 do all of this? And she quotes Toby Jones, who is who plays Mr. Bates, mm. saying, "Well, to be honest, I was sort of aware of this story, but I used to switch off when people talked about it." And so it may be that we have to say that sort of we as the public kind of let this one go a bit. Because now that there is public outrage, you've got Rishi Sunak being asked about it on the BBC and so pledging swift action. It turns out, I think we're going to find out in the next month or so that MPs can move quite fast when they want to. Yes. And which obviously leads to the question, well, couldn't you have moved a bit faster a bit earlier? Yeah, it seems also a little bit like Rishi Sunak wants to do it because it's it's kind of like an open goal now, isn't it? Just he do wants something to be well, popular. Yeah. Well, okay, so so listen to be cynical. Sunak is jumping on this now because, as Ismail Harman says in the Spectator, this story had been put in the box marked "not going to get any reward or attention in the media," mm. which means now he is going to get some reward and some attention for for addressing this story. But it's taken far too long. Yeah, there are um, just the individual stories in this are extraordinary. There's one, Seema Misra who was a post office operator from Surrey, she was sentenced to 15 months in prison while she was pregnant. She gave birth in prison with a tag on her ankle. It's just and this is for something she did not do. Yeah. So, all credit to the papers now. <laughs> They're lining up the people they want to blame, aren't they? So, I think we should talk about Ed Davey first. Um, the Times is definitely going for Davey. Yeah. Front page, Davey has questions to answer. It's got a leader on Ed Davey saying, you know, Ed Davey called for Boris Johnson and Nadim Zahawi to resign, and yet he's not called... I, and it's like, well, I sort of think that Boris Johnson and Nadim Zahawi sort of should have resigned, to be honest, the Times. Um, but Ed Davey was post office minister in, in a couple of crucial years, uh, 2010, 2012. He is, if you look at who else has been post office minister, he is the prominent MP who is still in parliament who was post office minister. So he's, he is a legitimate target. Um, the great danger for him is that the rule of thumb is that the public know generally at most two things about most politicians. And the huge danger for Ed Davey is that one of them is going to be screwed up the post office yeah, scandal. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Alan Bates did try and approach him and he didn't really do anything about it. Yeah. He went to the post office, the head, the, people, the chief of the post office, and they said, there's nothing to look at here. Don't worry about it. Isn't he now saying he's sorry he didn't do more? He's or sorry he like... believed the post office. I'm sure he is sorry he believed the post office. Um, and he, he, they say, well, he is the first minister to have met Alan Bates. But um, it, the Sun has a list of... of yeah, the they, Sun names the guilty men and women. Yes. Um, so, seven who were never held to account. Um, uh, Ed Davey, Paula Venels, yes. um, who's the chief executive, former priest. She's Yes, she's because she's a lay minister in the Church of England as well. I mean... It's not a good look. No. Um, uh, she was chief executive of Post Office Limited between 2012 and 2019, and she earned everybody seven hundred and seventeen thousand five hundred pounds in 2018 to 19, with three hundred eighty-eight thousand of that being a bonus. She only lost thirty-eight thousand 
from a short-term bonus because of the ongoing litigation. So the thing is... 38,000. You can say, well, look, I was in charge. I can't be responsible for the things that junior people are doing. But on the other... I think if you're going to earn £700,000, ultimately you are being paid for things that you're not doing. You are being paid for being in charge of things at that, as it were, you don't know about. And, yeah, either... Either do the job for 150000 and accept that you're not superhuman and, and you're not going to take credit for things that, that other people are doing. Do, or if you're going to accept that kind of money, you, you, you have to accept that with it comes blame for, yes, for things. Yeah, that, I mean, by the way, she should, have, she should have asked about. Where does the buck stop? Yeah. She should have jumped on this. Uh, she got a CBE, by the way, in 2019. Did, yeah. There's for... now a petition, isn't there, to have yeah. that removed from her, which I think has gone over a million signatures yeah. this morning. Do you want to know what the CBE was for, though? Services to the post office and charity. Mm. Okay, there's also one other person I'd like to uh, mention, which is Adam Crozier. Uh. He was the chief of Royal Mail between 2003 <laughs> and 2010. And the really weird thing can is... I he... read, can I read from the Times? Yes, please. Let, it's sorry, so sorry, sorry. weird. Let me, let me read um, <laughs> this. Um, Under his leadership, scores of innocent post-office were convicted. Became ITV boss, does not feature in ITV drama. I wonder if he commissioned this. I think possibly not because he left in 2017 and he surprisingly doesn't appear in the drama at all. While we're talking about ITV, by the way, can we credit the writer, um, Gwyneth Hughes? Mm, um, and can I personally appeal to her, do Grenfell next, please? Yes, we've got a list, haven't we? We've yeah. got Grenfell, we've got flooding and sewage, we've got schools. I mean, please, yep. and let's do the lot. How's it? My name is Lassetti. I'm a toy leader with Explore. Come on, let me show you something. Oh, careful. Can you see it? Oh, trust me. It can see you. There, between the trees. It's not every day you get to see a rhino on a walk. I guess not everyone is taken to the right places. But you will be, if you explore. For global adventures, search exploreworldwide.co.uk and don't just travel. Explore. Namaskaram. My name is Nayad. I'm a tour leader with Explore. Come, follow me for a breakfast you will never forget. Namaste. <laughs> because you are going to make an incredible masala dosa under the watchful eye of my mom. Kya baat hai, mom? Each home adds their special touches. Mm. But not everyone gets to join in a traditional family meal. You will if you explore. For global adventures, search exploreworldwide.co.uk and don't just travel, explore. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Now, here at Papercuts, we love headlines like we love our pets, which is why we have fixed the headline. And on Friday for Fix the Headline, we gave you a piece from the star about how you, too, could look like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Even as much like a dog as the man who dressed in a lassie costume and competed in a dog agility competition. The star revealed that a similar dog fit could be yours for the modest fee of £11,000. And the headline, Be a Dog for 11K. 
Mm. Hardly something to woof home about, and we knew you could do better, and you did. (laughs) (laughs) On threads, Nick Watsingham tried out 11K9. I think that's quite good. And Aidan Hurd had a go with Suits You, Kerr. Paul O'Neill and Jack Eddy 2000 combined forces to give us super collie fursuit tastic. Pricing is atrocious. <laughs> good. Good, yep. work. Yeah, good work. Lots of work there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On Twitter, Richard Smith offered price tag gives collie wobbles. Good. And Ian Thompson, what a fetching outfit. <laughs> But the winner is Max Harvey, who gave us... Actually, he gave us five goes. What? But I'm going to read out three. <laughs> Max. Okay. Max. He gave us... Max by name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dressed to the canines. And when it comes to fashion, lassies more. Very good. As well as the winner, which is very short and sweet, doggy style. Oh. <laughs> well done, Max. Just send us your address and your T-shirt size and you will soon look even better than the dog man in the star. See what I did? Hey. <laughs> it sounds like if you've got a story involving dogs, you get a really rich crop of um, headlines, yes, don't you? Yes, exactly. You we should pick more do. dog stories for this. Genuinely, yeah. yes, in life we should. Also, there's a special mention for Vesper, who didn't have a headline, but sent us a picture of themselves in an amazing Border Collie costume that they'd actually made for less than £11,000. Well done, Vesper. <laughs> so... <laughs> What about today, Rob? Do we have any good headlines? I well, I did today. I'm I mean yesterday. I'm in the Star on Sunday, which mm. is just a, it's just full of great headlines. Yeah. Um. So, uh, starting on on page three, um, record company staff thought pulp wanted heroin on yeah. tour when they were actually asking for pickled herring. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that uh, the Sheffield accent? Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> and the headline is. Common pickle, common um, pickle, very good. Uh, that's, okay, uh, illustrated by a picture of um, of some heroin on a spoon, um, very, very tastefully. <laughs> just being offered like Ryan Gosling style, <laughs> <laughs> he's batting it away. <laughs> um, going going deeper into the um, paper, there's a story that really deserved more than the um, paragraph that they gave it. Builders use 700 bars of soap <laughs> to help shift a 200 ton hotel. 30 feet along a steel frame to a new site in Halifax, Canada. The moment I'm out of here, I'm Googling that because I I want to know a lot more about that. But the headline is, wash this space. (laughs) That is amazing, that story, isn't it? Well, I don't know. From from absolutely from first principles, when someone says, how are we going to move this hotel? The the first thing you say is, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) And then someone says, soap, I've got it, soap. I have only questions. Yep. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, what have you got, Jason? Okay, I've got page three of the star today. Hey. Sharon Osborne says she can't be asked having bonking sessions or sex, as we sometimes call it. Mm. So when Ozzy asks, uh, you know, could, could you fancy a little bit of... I can't do this anyway. <laughs> a bit of that. She says, um, do we have to? Um, under the headline, Ozzy Osban. Oh, not bad, Oz. not bad. Um, there's a story on page eight of The Sun today about how Prince Harry has been dealt a humiliating blow after being left out of Sandhurst's guide to its most notable graduates. That is a bit... That is, that a, is, a, that is a fucking diss, isn't it? Yeah. My word. 
Anyway, yes, the hairline. The hairline? The, <laughs> can you see what I did there? Yeah. The headline is Captain Harry airbrushed. That's H-E-I-R. Get it? Get it? Um, and also in the sun, this is only a, a nib, a news in brief. It's a tiny little um, one one centimetre story at the bottom of a left-hand column about how people from Birmingham are more likely to lose lose their virginity in a car than those from uh, other cities. Maybe that's where Aussie's ba- going wrong. <laughs> yes, maybe, yes. Should we ever go in the car, Shedden? Um, so, yes, people from Birmingham are more likely to lose their virginity in a car, and the headline is Brumpy Pumpy. <laughs> Now, in the Times insert, there's an interesting list of older influencers. The Times has called them the old fluencers. They're kind of older people doing well on TikTok and Instagram. And they're kind of pegged for the story. This guy called James Howard Johnston, who's the grandson of Earl Haig, who was stopped whilst going for a walk and had his picture taken and ended up reaching millions of people on Instagram. So the Times has listed a few others other nanfluencers. Or, or grandfluencers. <laughs> I mean, there's no end of you know the number of things you can put in front of fluencers. Is yeah, there? who's there anyway, Jason? Well, we've got people like Iris Apfel, who is 102 years old and has 2.9 million Instagram followers. She's important. Iris she, uh, she is important. Well, she is. Um, she's the original grandfluencer, says the Times. Mm. Um, and is known for her wildly vibrant outfits and her pithy one-liners, more is more and less is a bore. Mm. And uh, she has been a subject of a Metropolitan Museum of Art exhibition in 2005. And in 2014, Albert Maisel's famous documentary maker, uh, made a documentary about her life. She's also done, she's done kind of bits where she combines with other, you know, existing brands to bring, to bring out her versions of her clothes as well. So she's quite, you know, she's very important, Iris. And she's 102. And she looks great in her specs at all times. Yes, yes, she's always got these trademark goggles, hasn't she? She's great. Um, I think my favourite one is probably Baddie Winkle, Mm. Um, 3.2 million Instagram followers, Helen Van Winkle. Thinks nothing of dressing up in crystal mesh leotards. That's close, isn't it? Crystal mesh. Um, <laughs> that was nearly a that was nearly a pulp um, herring moment, wasn't it? Um, thinks nothing of dressing up in uh, crystal mesh leotards, fluorescent lycra, and sequined hot pants. All accessorised with a jazzy walking sticks and a, mo- a mobility scooter. Mm. And her Instagram bio, which is by far the best thing about her, reads, Stealing your man since 1928. <laughs> I've actually started so, so following her. That's quite specific. Tw- yeah. 28 is when she started stealing your men. Yeah, yeah right. clearly. Yeah. So she could have stolen Gershwin. Yeah, she I mean, could have you know. stolen many, many. But I've started following her because of this. And because You're a fan of these people, I am a fan you? of these people. So oh, I already followed Iris Apfel. There's some other people there. Uh, there's a woman called, she's called Joan. And the, if you follow her on Instagram, it's Training with Joan. And she's essentially uh, somebody who got fit when she was older. She has this mad daughter who's a kind of mad bodybuilder, super fit kind of daughter. But anyway, Joan herself is much more achievable you know and she's just incredibly cheerful she's just like i was not that happy i was really down in the dumps i started doing a few weights now i'm really cheerful she's great i really like training with joan and i also like the old gays oh yes the, the old, old gays. gays i can really recommend they're very cheering so this is a these this is this four guys from california isn't yeah, it yeah 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 and they're um, like they range from like 67 to 80 but they're really fun 
they do lots of dancing and and they, they, and a few of these people have been interviewed so Joan was interviewed actually in the Telegraph over the weekend and the old gays were interviewed and when you read their interviews it's really heartening because they were quite down in the dumps and then they just start doing funny things on Instagram everybody says you're great and they carry on they get kind of you know sponsorship deals you know, their life perks up just for, for being daft on Instagram. I say, yes, this is good. It's fantastic. There's also, there was a, there's a little angle about, so the guy who's the, the hook for this piece, James Howard Johnson, is just basically, he's, he is a kindly looking man in a nice blue striped suit, effectively. Yeah. Um, and someone said here, uh, one commenter said, I don't know why, but this made me well up. Very moving for some reason, simple and lovely. And it reminded me of that thing about how people often say that one of the things that most readily makes them cry is the sight of two old people holding hands. So maybe what and what I'm trying to get to here is that what these people here are doing is actually they are kind of embodying hope for later in life, aren't yeah. they? Which is a great thing and a very positive thing. It is. It's, there's an element of it that always makes me laugh because it's slightly patronising. So obviously when you're young, of course yeah. you think nothing happens when you're old. Your life ends at 40 or whatever, or possibly even younger. And then as you get older, you're like, no, this is great. I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a great time. Back that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Shall we do another story that's a bit cartoonish but slightly more scary? Christ. It's time to bring me in, isn't it? It is time to bring you in. <laughs> Terrifying story on the front of the FT and The Guardian, and it's been in all the papers, about a flight that took place in America between Portland, Oregon and Ontario, California. Rob, what happened on this flight? The door fell off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the door fell off my mum's car once, but yeah. it wasn't as bad as this because no. uh, my mum wasn't flying at 16,000 feet. Oh, my God. Um, uh, so, yes, the door popped off. Fortunately, there was no one in the seat next to it. It's not actually a door. It's a door plug because yeah, space this... for the, this, this may turn out to be relevant in the inquiry. It's where there's a space for a door, but instead, a sort of a, they put a stud wall in. 
yeah. uh, as it were. So, so it's, yeah. it's effectively in the row with the extra leg room, isn't it? So yes. you know the row that you might like to get where they say to you, you are sitting next to an emergency exit, so you, if something happens, you need to be able to jump into action. You go, yes, yeah, sure, no problem, because I've got the extra leg room. That's the yeah. payoff. This one, yeah. the airline had decided, it's Alaska Airlines, isn't it? They yeah. said, no, we don't want a, an emergency door there. So it's blocked on the inside, but the door exists on the outside. So you're sitting there in the extra leg room row going, see, the thing is, I've got no responsibilities here. And then suddenly, there's a <laughs> fucking hole next to you. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the sky. Yeah. It's terrible. And I, I'm just I'm just gonna give you which seat it was. Yeah. So you know yeah. whenever to sit. Twenty six A. Don't right. sit there. Luckily, nobody was in it, but you there know. were people in kind of 26B and C. It is a Boeing 737 MAX 9. Mm. Um, uh, so just so that's 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 where you don't want to be in 26A. I'm not uh, sure I want to be in a Boeing MAX anything because well, the, the, two, the two of the 737 MAX 8s fell out of the fucking sky, didn't yeah. they? Um, I mean, the positive side of this is that nobody... <laughs> at, what? Wait, bear with me. Nobody at Boeing is saying that the passengers ought to be prosecuted. Um, That's true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but there's, there's some details in this. Yeah. I mean, there's all oh, details God, in this. Oh, there's so there's the a teenager. Is the, po- the person sitting closest to the, um, to the, the, the hole. His uh, T-shirt is uh, ripped off him. Super fortunately... They were the plane was still climbing at this point, so they all had their seatbelts on. Um, otherwise, it could have been rather worse for her. Yeah, um, definitely. So I mean, so nobody nobody died, and nobody was nobody they lost was their phones. Their phones seriously got injured. Out, yeah, their phones got sucked out. They can live with that. And apparently, the the the, um, the plane door has been located, um, so they can have that back. It was in somebody's back garden. Um, I mean, if you just, just if you just want to come around and get it. It's just um, unbelievable. I'm having stressed. I'm having a nervy. It's very. It's a very <laughs> stressful story to read. Weirdly, when you see there was a couple of passengers who shot some video on the pl- on the phones that didn't get sucked mm. out of the hole, and everyone seems to be sitting there not screaming and panicking in a way that I think you know. I mean, uh, I think I'd be going crazy if that happened anywhere near me on a plane. But I think, I, it's possible there. that the screaming and panicking had already happened. Yeah, yeah, maybe so they're just frozen with terror, or maybe or they're frozen, literally frozen, frozen, frozen because it's frozen very with, cold. With freezing. Up there, it is. It? it is awfully cold up in the sky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, just to reassure people, um, that like uh, that most planes, most planes, this, are most fine. planes, this didn't happen to yesterday. Yes, yes. exactly. If you're listening on an aeroplane, <laughs> <laughs> should we look at a very nice story to cheer ourselves up? Yes, which please. is about a little mousy. Oh, <laughs> Just to make us happy, okay, this is um, in pretty much all the papers. It's also been on the news as well. And it's a story of um, a a man who couldn't work out how his shed was being tidied. (laughs) (laughs) So he went to bed and his, his workbench was just a bit of a mess. And then when he got up in the morning, it was all tidy. And he was like, who could have done this? You know, nobody else has been in the shed. And he so he set up a camera and he discovered it's a little mouse that he's calling the Welsh Tidy Mouse. And you can watch it. It's on The Guardian online. I really recommend it. It will really cheer you up. You won't be scared of aeroplanes anymore. Just watch the little mousey. No, all mice. And he, there's, a, there's a small tray and he goes around picking everything up and putting it in the tray. So is this what? So when you get a mouse in your house, and it, you know you, you you've left some crumbs or something under the table, and the mouse comes out and goes and gets the crumbs, is it just tidying up? Is that all it's doing? Are they basically just rodent cleaners? That's exactly where they are. And of course, there Completely is a pun. Misjudged. They just had bad PR. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> there I was. I'm setting traps for them, and I'm basically killing the cleaner. <laughs> Do you want to know the pun? Squeaky clean. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. Not me. The producer, of course. Yay. Yay. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Rob. 
Thank you. And thanks to Jason. Thank you. And if you're not sure how to spend your eBay money before the government grabs it off you, then why not join the Papercut Supporters Club? Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes and extended editions, plus the chance to improve your at-home vibe with some fabulous Papercuts mugs and T-shirts. That's £10,997 cheaper than a great lassie suit. So what are you waiting for? (laughs) And you also get a shout-out on the show. So, who do we have? Rob. You're leaping high in the raging river of news, Michael Salmon. Beautiful. Jason. See what you did there. (laughs) You're bright-eyed, bushy-tailed and ahead of the hounds, Amanda Fox. (laughs) And you've just been brought back as Foreign Secretary and nobody knows why, Rishi Cameron. (laughs) But we still love you. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when The Telegraph informs us that a golden doodle called... Uh, Sorry, a what? A what? A doggy. Okay. (laughs) That a doggy called Cecil fancied a snack and decided to eat an envelope left on the kitchen counter. Unfortunately, with more than £3,000 inside. (laughs) Cecil's in the very cheap doghouse now. (laughs) See you tomorrow. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Rob Hutton and Jason Hazley. It was produced by Podmasters Group Editor Andrew Harrison with Liam Tate and Adam Wright. Audio production from me, Robin Levan, music by Simon Williams, socials by Jess Harpin, design by Jim Parrott and original art by Modern Toss. Managing editor is Jacob Jarvis and executive producer Martin Boytosh. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs> <laughs>